Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and with me today is my beautiful co-host, Rebecca, and we are going to talk all about recognizing the good in regular people and how to capture our inner cool kid or our inner superhero within. You know, George Carlin had an old saying that says, you're not cool, you're just chilly, and chilly ain't never been cool. What he means is, is that there is nothing cool about being cold, mean, or cruel, or indifferent. And so at the end of the day, we're going to talk about some of the things, some of the attitudes in society, and try to find a baseline of what is cool. What is the it factor? What is it that makes people so likable and approachable in these times? We're going to talk about how to embrace our inner coolness ourselves, how to really truly be ourselves and, and make that sell, make that work for us in our life, in the real world. We're going to talk about how we tend to lose it after a while. We lose the it factor and then we have to recapture it again. What is it? How did we lose it and how do we get it back? Because at the end of the day, we all get angry. We all get frustrated. And how do we let that keep that from tainting us and tainting our success, tainting our happiness, and at the end of the day, really sabotaging not only our own sense of coolness and self-awareness, but tanking our happiness as well. So we'll talk about the it factor and how to get it and how to keep it for a long time that endures. We're going to go all into the ins and outs of what it is and how to achieve a better life by recognizing good people, recognizing the good within others and the good within ourselves. We'll talk about superheroes and their, uh, their influence on us as children and how we grow up to uh, believe in certain principles and morals and values. So I'm going to give you my take on what I think is the best way to be in the modern times, not too pure, not too angry. There's a mixture, and I'll give you the magic recipe at the end. So thank you for joining us on another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast, and let's begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell, and today I have my beautiful, lovely co-host. The grocery store gave her another day off. You know her, you love her, Rebecca Russell. Please say hi. Hi. <laughs> so, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today's episode I'm calling We're Recognizing Good and Regular People and How to Capture Our Inner Superhero. Now, that's not literal, but I wanted to go into what makes up a good person, what makes a bad person, because it's so easy to get into this idea, this mindset that there's good people and there's evil people and there's no in between. And so I kind of want to cut through the crap cake here because I think in our world, when we're healing, when we're empaths, when we're sensitive, we have this tendency to think that anybody whose energy isn't exactly like ours is the villain, really, when really maybe they're going through their own struggle or maybe they're being assertive uh, for their own mental health and uh, to, to, to filter and block so that they feel empowered, you know. So, so, so there's sometimes more to it than that. And so that's why I kind of wanted to do a show about what it really means to be a good person and how to capture our inner goodness, um, but in a way that's not cheesy, in a way that's not Mr. Rogers. You know, a lot of people have talked about this show uh, being that I'm the modern day Mr. Rogers, 
just that I drop (laughs) F-bombs. And it's like, hey, I take that as a compliment, you know? So I have my little list here, as you know, helps me guide me through the show. And right now, the first one I have here is Superhero Talk. So ever since I was a kid, I've always loved superheroes. And what makes up a superhero, do you think? What gives superheroes that not just their super strength and their abilities, but what is the character of a superhero, babe? They usually have a very strong moral compass. Yeah. They do what's right. They like to help people. They, yeah. I don't know. They're yeah. Just, they're no, good. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, what we're talking about is this ability to, um, to uh, capture our inner strength, capture our inner conviction, capture our inner uh, goodness, kindness, and having a good, strong moral core, a strong moral compass. I really do believe that is it. When I think of good superheroes, the best of the best, uh, I always think of Superman or Captain America because they're so symbolically uh, just, they symbolize everything that's wholesome and good. And while we can't all be completely wholesome and good sometimes, there are ways to identify our own wholesomeness and goodness uh, and the wholesomeness and goodness within others in the real world. Because, you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of people out there who, for me, as an empath, just strike me as not coming correct. Their energy is wrong. Their energy is off. Their moral compass is off. And while that doesn't make them necessarily a, a villain or a bad person, uh, sometimes it might make them not good for us. And so I kind of want to go into this and uh, talk about some of the traits that I believe uh, um, encompass a good person in the modern world. Because a lot of times uh, we're, we're all looking for people. We're, we're all waiting. What's that? There's a saying, uh, we're all waiting for Superman to come. We're all waiting for uh, our, our hero to arrive. You know, we're all waiting, waiting, waiting for the world to come correct, get better. And uh, and sometimes it just never will. And so we have to be able to find ways to make the world feel like it's coming correct, even if it's not. And what I mean by that is, is that there's 7 billion people on the planet. Half of them could be total assholes, but the other half are, are at least trying to be good people. They're, they're paying their bills. They're being nice to people. They're staying in their own lane. They're doing their own thing. They're not trying to hurt anyone. They're just, they're not trying to rob people. They're not trying to steal from people. They're just trying to live a good life. And, um, and I think there's a lot of people like that today where I know people who have normal jobs, uh, who are nice people, who some days I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't vibe with you today, man. I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow because they're just not coming correct for me, you know? And that's the thing is that a lot of the times, you know, s- some days these people are your best friend and other days you're just like, oh, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's because we all are trying to satisfy some inner sense of justice in our life, some inner sense of calm. And when we can't find calm, we're looking for energy and people who uh, help encourage that sense of calm. And when they don't, we're like, oh, fuck this. And that's the thing, what I mean about like politics, is that a lot of times we allow our politics to assign terms like good versus evil to it, when 
lot of times, like my friend Craig, he's not evil. Yes, he's a Trumper. He's a former Trumper. Uh, yes, he's conservative. And do I think the Trump, the Republican Party, the Trump brand of politics is toxic and dangerous? Absolutely. But we also have to realize that uh, half of, of the planet, or at least half of the country, is going to be somewhat conservative. And so how do we deal with people who, for all intents and purposes, are being taught by Fox News to be jerky assholes? How do we find the inner good? And that's what that last episode was all about, was trying to find uh, some commonality, something that we can cling to to say, hey, you know what? We have differences, but let's work through those differences so we can arrive at a place of at least tolerance. Because at the end of the day, I can't excuse away inexcusable behavior. But at the end of the day, we have to coexist with these people. And so at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, well, let's try to find ways we can at least tolerate each other and work together. Because that's the only way we're going to move forward as a country is to, to, to come together and find some form, even if it's just uh, just our, you know, we, bo- we breathe air and we walk upright. If that's the only thing we have in common for crying out loud, we got to try to embrace that, you know? So, babe, what is your favorite superhero and why? Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go back to my childhood and old school and say Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, no. and Captain America. I think both of them are. Yeah. Just- I think Captain America probably closest uh, is what I recognize as, as in myself the most because I, I'm a former soldier. And while I'm probably, well, and the truth is, is that, you know, there was a time where I would have thought being wholesome like that was hokey or silly. But, you know, it's kind of like uh, the quote where Agent Coulson says to uh, Captain America, um, isn't that a little old fashioned? He's like, I think a little old fa- we need a little old fashioned right now. You know, so I, I really relate to that in the sense that I really do believe that our times do require us to be a little bit hokey and old fashioned in a way to find to find and restore that sense of wholesomeness in our society that. I think is kind of feeling a little uh, AWOL, a little absent these days, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like Wonder Woman. I think she's a um, a, a wonderful uh, role model for women everywhere. Uh, what what characteristics does she have that we can adopt into the real world to help uh, us feel like uh, there's hope, feel like there's goodness, feel like uh, there's a reason to continue the, the to fight the good fight, you know? I like that she's she looks out for the underdog and she she takes care of people and wants people to to feel comfortable and and be able to live. Yeah. Now how now I know you chose her because she's female and you relate more to female. That's how we naturally are. Um, but uh, but uh, besides being female, what do you feel like is the part of you that relates to her the most? She's she's strong, but she also has her side that's that's kind of more human. She lets her human side show mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, um, and like I said, she she looks out for the underdog, and she's mm-hmm. and I think yeah, like you said, she's just a good role model for girls, especially like you know in the seventies, right. the underoos and watch the the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, and yeah. it's just kind of nice. For, it's nice for little girls to have see 
women kicking ass. Yeah, I think women, kick women ass strong, and, not just and be respected and yeah, and not taking this the the, the backseat role, but taking mm-hmm. a front seat yeah. active role and and the betterment of society. Yeah, and just like that, she's kind and yeah, absolutely. Just, well, that's what I always sticks out to me, like in Zack Snyder's Justice League where uh, the guy shoots all these bullets at this crowd. She deflects them all, and then she kind of blows the guy up, and he, <laughs> she does her bracelet <laughs> thing, and he explodes. And then and then he, that one little girl is sitting there, and she's all scared, and she's like, it's okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I just thought that was a really good, tender moment because I think most people in the world are feeling broken, broken down, damaged, and completely absolutely shredded shredded beef if you will people are just they're in tatters and they need to feel like someone is giving them a hand up or a lift up and so it just really hit me i actually sobbed like when that happened because it just Mm -hmm. you know because i don't relate to the stories just because they're males or females anymore i relate to good stories good things that just you know just you know kind of uh, just uh, stick out like a thorn in my soul. It just stabs my soul. I was like, oh, that, that was a good one. Like, I really enjoyed yeah. that. You yeah, know? me too. Definitely. Well, truth be told, the reason why we're doing this show is because yesterday uh, I, I was texting back and forth my friend Craig. Now, you guys know I've talked about Craig several times. Okay, you guys, I had to pause because I just ran over my own toe with the chair. <laughs> and... Uh, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so bit. I will be right back, y'all. Owie. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm better. I'm better, I think. Um, God, that hurt. <laughs> but I'm sitting here trying not to say anything while I'm running over my own toe. Uh, <laughs> anyways, but the, what I'm getting at is that the reason what prompted this episode uh, and my thinking on it is that my friend Craig is a conservative. He is a former Trumper, and he likes... We got into this conversation about how, um, you know, we're talking about how to brand yourself, how to be towards others. And he has this philosophy that um, be your worst self, and if they stick around, then they were meant to be kind of thing. And fuck everyone else. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, bro. I don't think that's a good idea. And so I texted him back and I said, well, I don't think it's ever a good idea to be your worst self because you're actually coming off worse than you normally would. If you're so brash and so, uh, you know, I don't know, terrible. How are people ever going to see the good in you? In other words, it's almost for Craig, Craig doesn't understand something about himself. And that is, is that most people either have it or they don't, they have that inner goodness in them. And for him, I think because he uh, sort of, I think he he gets strength out of um, brash behavior. He gets strength out of toughness. He gets strength out of, uh, you know, I mean, why else would he like Donald Trump? He likes that tough brand. He wants to be uh, uh, thought of as somebody who can uh, take care of themselves, who's a, a smart person, who's not that Trump is smart, but anyways. <laughs> belay that point but the point is is that he he i think he he's attracted to that uh brash uh no nonsense attitude you know that he's always been a fan of new york new york city i think he likes that get in get out shut the fuck up attitude just you know don't be superfluous just you know business 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 let's get go let's go you know let's be a mover and a shaker you know 
Um, but the point I'm making is that Craig doesn't realize that, sorry, Craig, but you're actually a really good person. Um, because the truth is, is I had a falling out with my friend Corey a while back. And it wasn't from anything we did. We just sort of lost. It was the final straw. We just lost interest in each other. And um, he's a big-time conservative. I'm a big-time progressive. And so uh, he just one day decided, ah, fuck it, I'm not going to call him anymore. And I, you know, by that point, I didn't even, it didn't even hurt my feelings because the feelings were mutual. And I've talked to you guys about hurtful uh, falling outs can be because these are people that you grow up with. These are the people that you love. These are your first friends. And so they can be terribly hurtful sometimes. And so it's really a, quite a shame that as a culture, we're losing friends just because they're politically opposite of us. And I find that tragic. I really do. I find yeah. that so terribly unfortunate. Yeah. And that yes. same went with our friend Angie is that she has religious points of view. I've never been. I, hey, I'm a pistol. I'll say what's on my mind. But that doesn't mean that I want everyone to be like me. I want people to be who they are. And if they're religious, that's okay. But, you know, I, I you know, she, we, she, I challenged her religious views. She didn't like it. And, uh, by her own admission, she, uh, got rid of us because I challenged her, her religious views because they have to by law, by, by their own decree, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. just find that a little extreme because, like, because, she, she's making it sound like we're the villains. We're the bad people. When all I was trying to do was understand how she could grow out of our friendship just because she met new friends. And now, oh, I don't need you anymore. She just throws us out like yesterday's newspaper. And people do that, man. People do that. So once they don't feel a utility is being met, they're, they'll let you go, man. And I don't understand that because I don't get anything out of my friendship with Craig. He doesn't give me stuff. What he he gives me a lot of pain in the ass, headaches and heartaches. Um, but the point is that I let people be whatever they are. Now, does that mean that I haven't? I, I had to block him on Facebook five, six, seven years ago. Um, but I still love the fella. And the point is, is that we got into a conversation, and I wanted to read it to you here because I want you guys to understand the gist of what I'm saying here. So we were writing back and forth and stuff, and he was at work, so, you know, he couldn't write as much as me. But um, I said, anyway, was trying to make a point, but it got obscured by your insistence to take it the wrong way. And then I kind of found out that he was kidding because he's a joker. <laughs> and you text, you can't always <laughs> you can't see inflection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I, I said here, um, I, w I was paying you a pretty big compliment. Anyway, I'll tell you more about it later. And then I continued to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I said, point is that everyone has an inner asshole. Difference between good people and creepos is how they treat others and their inner dignity and compassion. You can try to act like this one thing. And sure, for a while, you're convinced, you convince the uninitiated you're this thing. Like Craig, he, he pretends like he's a bigger asshole than he really mm -hmm. is. He comes off a certain way. Brash and, brash and yeah. yeah, you know, a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to say arrogant, but. Yeah, brash and arrogant, like a radio shock jock. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, because he's in radio, mm -hmm. like us, you know. And um, so anyways, let me finish here. Um, you can try to act like this one thing, and sure, for a while, you'll convince the uninitiated you're this thing. My major point is that goodness comes from within. <clears throat> 
You're a good person even if you try not to be. Doesn't mean we don't act up or, or wild out from time to time, but your baseline is mostly good, decent, loyal, helpful, polite, and kind. Hence why I think we've been friends all this time. We have a good heart, even if we talk mad shit sometimes. <laughs> uh, you can't kill what's there. It's either there or it isn't. Uh, you have more character, kindness, decency, maturity, and goodness within, more than my other friends who will go un unsaid. Uh, difference is circumstances. I'm trying to build a radio personality and brand on integrity, goodness, kindness, decency, heart, humor, calm, etc. Sometimes I get rowdy because it demonstrates that good people sometimes misbehave, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you're trying to be a radio brand, too. Just different from mine. You you can try to obscure your inner goodness within, but it still shows because of your integrity and compassion. Hence why I care about you so much. Because if I thought you weren't, I would have seen it by now. It wouldn't be there. So-and-so, uh, uh, I won't say his name, is not a terrible person. Neither is my other friend. But you, whether you know it or like it or not, Rebecca and I are profoundly grateful for your integrity, tolerance, and goodness from within. Because when it's missing, it shows. Hence why I had a falling out with other two guys. <laughs> um, and now myself and another friend are now picking up the pieces together. And I wish uh, myself and another friend could too. Uh, but unlike you, Corey lacks... Oops, I said his name. <laughs> Let me back up. Ah, fuck it. We were talking about Corey anyway. So uh, Corey lacks your integrity, tolerance, and heart. I thank you for that. I'm not saying that you can't be a shit. <laughs> we can all be sometimes. We grew up together. We're dudes. We act how we want to act for fun. But I feel threatened, judged, and distrusting of Corey sometimes, whereas you've earned a friend for life. <clears throat> I mean that. Hence why I think you should embrace the good-natured man you are. Doesn't mean we can't misbehave from time to time. Difference is you uh, and I have the it factor. Uh, you know, uh, radio personalities that know how to go there from time to time. Um, but at the end of us, of who we are, but at our roots, we are loyal, decent, and very good. I'm grateful for your ability to stay the same and not toss people once they've outlived your usefulness. Um, you understand loyalty, integrity, and heart. Hence why I love you, brother, as much as that makes you cringe. Because he hates yeah. showing emotions, especially to dudes. Yeah. Um, and I said, as much as that makes you uh, cringe to hear that, I care about you so very much, and that goes for your family as well. We're all family, and and this shit is for life. Uh, now only if I could reel Corey back into the fold. Anyway, we'll talk later. So so that was just a conversation we were having because he was trying to say, well, what you should do is is be a shit, and, and then those who stick around uh, were meant to be. And I just find that terrible because... I mean, acting the fool, being foolish, acting dumb, so to purposely taint yourself so that the right ones stay and the wrong ones leave, I mean, in theory it works, but what do you well, think about that? I think you can let that out once you know someone. Don't come mm -hmm. off like that because there's literally nothing for someone to latch onto and say, oh, hey, I like this person. Well, yeah, if you're going you out someone. of your way to misbehave, yeah. um, some people who don't know you aren't going to see in that first sitting yeah, your inner goodness. Yeah, five minutes to find yeah. out that anything Well, and that's there. what prompted this conversation is that we were getting to the point where 
I was starting to think about how some people just have it and some don't because my other friends, they're trying, but they're not calm people. They get very petty. They get very frustrated and they get very scornful of you. Whereas Craig doesn't. No, and he'll make he'll make his little digs, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but you can tell he's kidding. Oh, of course. So Everything about Craig is a is a yeah. comedy bit. Yeah. It's a joke. It's not serious. So yeah, yeah. That's just who he is. And right. Kinda... Well, and that's my point is that for all intents and purposes, I told him on a different text, I said, you are, Corey comes off nicer than you on first impression. He's more of a family man. He's more polite, etc. He minds his manners. But explain to the audience why it is that you just always got a bad feeling about him, even though he was trying to befriend you. He was trying to be, he was definitely more polite than Craig at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but but why uh, your friendship with Craig endured while your uh, consistent uh, intolerance for Corey uh, just kind of made you feel worried about him as a person? Yeah. Well, part of it might be my much lower level than you empathicness. Mm-hmm. And I didn't grow up with him, so I had no frame of reference, no history, no anything. Yeah. And I think I've told you this before. Like, one of my first interactions with him was I put a video on Facebook of these people that had rescued a, rescued a baby hummingbird. Yeah. And I've always loved hummingbirds. I thought it was the cutest thing. And mm-hmm. his comment was, oh, I would have taken it out, put it under my car tire, and run over it. Yeah. Like, and... He, it's awful. It was a joke, but it wasn't. Well, yeah. And well, just we've caught him in the off. past saying things. He said something one time to my mom about Robert Kennedy Jr. He remember how he crashed his plane in the yeah. ocean, and he said something awful about him. And that's the thing is, not only is he hateful and spiteful, but sometimes he, he's he's very pointedly hateful of liberals and Democrats, uh, so long as it serves his purpose, and mm-hmm. and sometimes. Like, his views are becoming, hey, let's prop up all of these awful, awful politicians who aren't good people um, because they're taking on the libs. And and so that culture war is becoming just something that some people just get into. And that's the thing about Craig is that, I mean, he's a radio political guy. So he's doing it for the shock value. He's doing it for entertainment value. But at the end of the day, he's not purposefully actually... uh, liking hateful awful people Mm. i just don't think craig sees the bigger picture of some of that why some people are offended by that culture war because he doesn't see why uh it's not a good idea to follow people like trump he doesn't see it and so it's like i don't take that but see Corey is the kind of person who actively likes to say petty and hateful things and Mm -hmm. and that's another thing is he he's always like why haven't you called me you know he's like mr why didn't you call me even though your arm isn't broken? You know, it's like mm-hmm. you could have called me all this time. And and my friend, my other friend is like that too. And and that's the thing is like, um, and that's what really got me thinking about some people just have it. They have it. They're just naturally good people and some aren't. And, and, and so what do you think about that? Do you think some people just have that it factor? They're just good inside. Uh, yeah. Even if they try to do bad things, they, yeah. there's just something about them that's good. Absolutely. And yeah. it just, it comes through somehow. Yeah. Because it's hard it, to explain. It's very hard to it's explain. It's an empath feeling. It's a vibe. It yeah. absolutely is. Because there was no other, I mean, really no Q other or reason anything. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, and I'm all for people want to carry weapons, you know, their permits and all that. But Corey's the kind of guy where he, he was carrying a weapon in the end there. 
And hey, well, they came to visit us one time in our apartment. Yeah, and he's sitting there on the couch with the gun on his hip. And if it was if it was the me now, yeah, I would have told him take that shit outside and put it in his car. Right. But well, that there's was just no reason for it. I, you know, I, I the problem is it's not because I I've I've you know I was an ammunition specialist in the army. I've been using weapons since I was a small boy with my grandfather. And while I do believe there's nothing inherently wrong with the right to bear arms, um, I do believe that the reason why they do it is because it scares and intimidates people, and it's a way of keeping people scared and frightened of you without having to actually intimidate you. Because, truthfully, if I see some motherfucker with a gun at their hip, I'm ten times less likely to talk shit to them because I don't know if they're crazy. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Know. Yeah. And so it, I feel like it's a form of intimidation. It's social intimidation. It's not that I don't believe in the right to bear arms. I absolutely do. But I just don't think, I think there's a time and place. You're at my house. You're in a small yeah. town. We're not in that big city. We're not yeah. in the inner city. We're not in the hood. We are in a white, upper middle class, white area where there's very little crime. And you just don't need to bring that into you. Our house, especially with your baby. Yeah. Like, he had yeah, his baby he and he had his daughter. Baby with them. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, I, I miss Corey, but there's a part of me that always knew there was a part of him that was spiteful of me, hateful of me. I think he's even gone out of his way sometimes to fuck me over. I, I think he literally does things to try to punish me because... Mm-hmm. He thinks he's the superior person. He yeah. thinks that he's the moral, more moral person. And that's what I mean about religion and religiosity. I don't care if you're religious. If it's bringing about good results, I don't care what banner good flies under. So long as you're being a good person and you're trying to do good work. That's what I care about. Trying to make the world a better place. But at the end of the day, uh, when you're, uh, when religion has these, um, this subterfuge, this Trojan horsing of of things that I think are bad for society, that's where I take an issue with religion. It has nothing to do with the religion, but you see a lot of people, a lot of bad people using religion as this shield to shield themselves from not only uh, feeling superior to other people, but also uh, to to obscure and obfuscate the fact that they're actually not very nice people. They're, mm-hmm. They say, oh, we're, well, I'm a spiritual warrior. No, you're a spiritual hater. There's a difference between defense and offense. And they go on the offensive in the name of God, in the name of religion, in the name of of Jesus. And so I just think it it just gets into this weird territory where religion becomes this like double-edged sword where it's good, but it also becomes too... It becomes unfortunate when people don't know where the line is because these are so-called Christians and... Like I wrote the other day, Christians should be held to a higher standard, not a lower standard, because they're the ones that are supposed to be the disciples of Jesus, the disciples of God. They're the ones that know Christianity inside out and backwards. So to not be self-aware enough to understand where the line should be drawn, uh, to me, is problematic at best. And so it's not that I have a problem with the institution of Christianity. It's that it's in, it's the way that it's practiced incorrectly. It's practiced in the name of hateful, spiteful things. It's practiced in ways that are trying to oppress people and not make a more forward thinking society. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just to close off the superhero bit, um, my favorites have always been Superman and Captain America because I'm a purist. I just think, you know, I like a little bit of heavy handed goodness. 
I think, uh, you know, we are becoming wayward as a society. That doesn't mean that there aren't good people in the society, but we've got to watch our six, man. There are people out there who do not understand right and wrong, do not understand where the line should be drawn between what's appropriate and what isn't. And I find that there's a lot of attitudes out there who are, they're all trying to become influencers, and as such, they become uh, influential on social media. And and sometimes they're just bad. They're just, what kind of attitude is that to be, you know, spreading to other people? I just find that disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be. You know? But once I kind of got over my, you know, pure wholesomeness, uh, my second favorite, of course, is Batman. And, and I like the fact that he doesn't have any superhero powers. He just... Uh, uses his detective work and his gadgets and his moral compass to be his guide. And uh, that's why I like that, you know, I'm not Batman, but I am vengeance. I kind of like that. And I think as Batman grows, he'll realize, well, no, I don't want to be vengeance. I want to be justice. Yeah. Because there's a difference between Mm -hmm. vengeance and justice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where justice is to correct wrongs. Vengeance is sort of like payback or retribution. Yeah. Yep. There's a hate to exactly. it. There's a violence to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So while I love the figure of Batman, uh, because I do believe that he challenges the system, uh, he, he challenges uh, our beliefs, uh, you know, there's just something darker about it. And I think that for most people that works better in the real world because it's not so sugar-coated. It's not so pristine and pure. Mm-hmm. There's something dirty and gr- I don't know, grimy about it, and and so it's more relatable, I think. Yeah, well, and it's kind of like the, uh, well, relatable is the evolved Captain America, where Mm -hmm. he even gets sick of his old self. Like, yeah, he still he gets more cynical, and he gets more realistic, and he gets. We still got that good moral. He still got this moral compass, but he's not so he's not so goody two shoe about it, right? Yeah, and that's what I loved about the evolution of Captain America is that he went from he he didn't lose his moral compass. But he became less of a goody two-shoe. He allowed himself to swear. He allowed himself to, you know, to to not be so wholesome. That there's deeper things going on there, and it, it showed a growth and maturity. And yeah. so, and that's the thing, you know. That, that's a good time to bring this up. I have written here. I have written here uh, why I show you my imperfect side because, see, that's the thing. Like. On the surface, do I probably come off as a good, wholesome person, positive person? I would think so. But then you'll hear me drop the F-bomb or motherfucker or something like that. And uh, and see, I'm taking a risk at, by doing that. I'm taking a chance. I'm taking a chance that you'll see the goodness in my heart despite my imperfection. That I'm trying to show you guys kind of like the story of uh, Abraham is that Abraham wasn't chosen by God because he was perfect, he was perfect for his mission. He, they, God needed a curmudgeonly, cranky motherfucker. He needed somebody who had the internal strength to, to, to do this mission, right? And so, as much as I hate borrowing from the, <laughs> the Bible, uh, there's, it's a really good uh, analogy that um, go, we are only as good as our actions. We are only as good as who and what we try to be. In other words, do I get cranky? Yes. Do I stub my toe? On? Fuck. You know, I, I drop the ice. Damn it. You know, um, I'm a very expressive person and I'm a very passionate person. Um, but, but what makes me a good person is not the fact that I'm 
saying words to, to be good, but I'm trying to live up to those words. Yeah. I'm trying to live up to the goodness and wholesomeness within us all, you know. That's where uh, actions speak louder than words came from. Right, exactly, you know. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, um, I worry sometimes that people are going to hear the way I talk sometimes and go, oh, he's not right for me. You know, because I think there's a lot of empaths out there who they're attracted to these girls out there who go into the whole new agey thing of it. And I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I have nothing negative to say about that. But my problem is, is that I'm not going to put on airs. I'm not going to put on an act. Uh, a lifestyle, if you will, so that I attract followers. In other words, do, am I an energy healer? Yes. Do Am I an empath? Yes, absolutely. But am I going to act like this new age hippie so that I attract all these people? Do I have to talk a certain way? I have to act a certain way? I have to come off so calm and so Bob Ross and so perfect all the time or else, uh, you know, uh, what that makes me a piece of shit because I'm not you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just feel like it's it's overkill to try to, in other words, walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. There's so many people out in our society today that I think um, the greater importance, the greater message of their goodness is being obscured by the fact that they're not perfect people. And so I don't, I never came here with an agenda to be a certain way. I didn't want people to see, oh, hi, namaste, motherfuckers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to come at you guys like a lifestyle. Like, oh, I'm so woke and I'm so spiritual and I'm so, I wear my hippie threads and I've got a man bun and all this shit. Like, no, fuck that. You know, my point is, is that if you want to be a lifestyle, great, more power to you. I find that kind of generic. I find that, that the goodness from within doesn't come out unless we're being ourselves. And so I didn't want to come off like a lifestyle. I don't want to get into that hippy-dippy new age stuff. If you're into that, great, perfect. That's no problem. But I found it, for me, doesn't fit my character. It doesn't fit my nature. It just feels weird when I try to put on airs like I'm trying to be something I'm not, you know? Yeah. So here I have uh, our inner child, our inner champion, our inner nurturer, and our inner warrior. I believe that we have four or more archetypes, and there might be more depending on the person, but I believe every person has to nurture their inner child. Every person has to find their inner champion. Every person has to try to stay in balance with their inner aggressor, and and that's their inner warrior, and then everyone uh, has to try to find their inner nurturer. And so, so there's that yin-yang thing where at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to battle our inner wrong and our inner good. And uh, life is messy. Life is imperfect. And so I wanted to ask you, hun, what do you think of that? Uh, our, be, having an inner champion, having an inner child, how do we uh, nurture all those sides of us equally so that we arrive at a place of, because I think if we're too nice all the time, uh, we come off cheesy, hokey, fake, phony. And a lot of the people who come off hyper positive all the time, they'll get caught being dicks somewhere mm-hmm. and then they're, yeah. and then they're outed for being frauds or phonies. And that's the thing. I don't want to come off like a fake. I don't want to say to you, oh yeah, I'm namaste all day, every day. I'm not. I arrive at that place. I end up at a place of peace. I end up at a place of calm. I, and, and so I've always found that I'm trying to 
uh, uh, feed my inner spiritualist, my inner nurturer. I'm trying to feed my inner child. That's the part of us that's um, childlike, pure, insecure, scared, you know. And then there's that inner aggressor, the side of us that's like, fuck that shit, man. I'm going to whoop this guy's ass, you know. So <laughs> there's there's these parts of us that all need attention. And so how do we become, If how would you say, you know, because I know you said it's a kind of a vibe. There is no one thing. What do you think it is? In, in each person that um, makes them more good than bad or more bad than good? Where does, where's that tipping point? I, I don't know what the tipping point is, but mm-hmm. it, you just kind of have to try to keep tabs on yourself and try to maintain a balance. Yeah. And if you see yourself going too far one way and that's not who you want to be or who you want to be. Yeah. Project, and I mentioned that on, on one of my shows and, is, is simply, yeah, just when you see, when you're not proud of a certain behavior, you're not proud of a certain way that you react sometimes. Maybe it's just a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Maybe you're using language you're not proud of. Maybe you're swearing too much. Maybe you're just acting a fool, and in the moment you get heated, and then you feel like an asshole afterward. And so you have to check yourself and say, okay, well, what should I do just here? Just try to remember that in the future and just uh, try to yeah. and that's balance. And I love that I have this written a certain way because it just it's like, yay, it, it, all, it all fits. So hold on. <laughs> So I have here, gut check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. Frustration, I didn't write riggedy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Gut check yourself before you wreck yourself. Frustration, anger, fear will taint your inner good guy. And so I think there's a lot of good people in the world, but what I'm finding anymore is it just feels like we're becoming all or nothing society where we're either all liberal or all conservative. We're all angry and hate or we're all peace, love, namaste. Like, and it seems like it's getting rid of nuance. And so I feel like people need to gut check themselves. But what would be your advice to people uh, who are trying to improve, trying to get better, trying to not be ruled by their frustration, their anger? Because, I mean, like I've told you guys, there was a time where I was just always negative on Facebook, trying to beat my demons, beat my depression, getting si- tired of the shallow plasticness of society. It was Like, I want a nice, clean society, but I want it to feel a little lived in. I don't want it to feel pristine. I feel like people are being phony about it. And so I would much rather the world be a little less perfect so 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 that it maintains its realness than to have this plastic, perfect society that's phony and isn't real because as soon as those people are tested or challenged, they become total jerks. It's a fraud. It's a facade. It's not real. And so I guess my point is, babe, is... Uh, how do we find that inner gut check? How do we gut check ourselves before we wreck ourselves? Well, usually most people have a conscience that'll let you know. And instead of pushing that down, just be like, okay, well, I did it this way this time. I'll try to do better next time. Don't beat yourself up for behaving yeah. in a way that you don't like or you don't want to be portrayed right. as. Just keep that in mind and moving forward. Yeah, changes as you can. Well, and I've always said, be direct with people. If something's lingering on you, you're reeling from something, go, hey, hey, man, the other day, I didn't like the way I reacted to you. um, And I just want to apologize because I think you're a really terrific person. Yeah. You know, things like that. We're afraid to be cheesy in our society. We're always trying to be cool. And in the sake of being cool, we almost become chilly. Mm -hmm. There's an old saying, George Carlin says, that's not cool. That's just chili, and chili ain't never been cool. What he's saying there is apathy isn't cool. Being mean and cruel isn't cool. Being uh, spiteful isn't cool. Um, being chili isn't cool. 
In other words, it's it's okay to be cool, but cool is being nerdy, loving, mm-hmm. caring, yourself, and not being apathetic or mean-spirited. Yeah. And that's something I've noticed recently with my, well, actually not just recently, but with a lot of my interactions with my coworkers. Like, mm-hmm. I consider a lot of them friends, not like great friends, but, yeah. and I've noticed that a lot of us have been making a point to tell each other, like, hey, I love you. Like, even this yeah. one guy that I work with that he's just this kind of nerdy kid and he's, mm-hmm. he, he's super awkward and we were talking about something and he's like, I love you, man. He's like, in a totally platonic way, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, right back at you. And he's like, oh, good, because I didn't want to, like, have to say that. going to it back to me. But it's it's nice. It's yeah. nice to let well, people know that you care about them and it's not cheesy. It's just No, human. and it's coming from the heart and it, yeah. and it strengthens your bonds. Yeah. Those bonds, you know, and that's the thing that I think happens over time with our old friends is those bonds are weakened. They're weakened by time. The passage of time and space weakens those bonds because um, we forget. We forget how much that person meant to us. Or people change. And so when they change too much, it's easier to let go of people who we feel have gone wayward. They're not like us anymore. They don't share our values. And so it's easier to let go. And so, you know, like talking about Craig again, um, you know, Craig, uh, he's a butt. He's an ass sometimes, but he's my he ass. But I love him. <laughs> because he's not doing it to be cruel. He's not yeah. doing it out of spite. He's doing it to be Craig, mm-hmm. to be funny, to be jovial, exactly. or to give shit. And I saw through that right away. Right. And you see through that because mm-hmm. you probably see it in me a little bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't but- imagine. But I'm not nearly <laughs> as bad. But um, but it just, um, I do, I do, you know, because I don't. That's the thing. Let me ask you about this. You either, I, I have written here, you either have it or you don't. Inherent goodness within, you you have to let it shine. You have to try to capture it, have, find it every day. And that's hard to do when um, we're feeling lackluster, when we're feeling depressed, when we're feeling anxious, is that um, the people who come off too clean, too perfect annoy us we don't want perfect people we want good people there's a and difference because you can tell it's an act yeah and it feels it. like it's just a sense of uh, arrogance there's a snootiness yeah. to it there's a there's a you know like i like gwyneth paltrow i think she's a nice human being but yeah you know if i'm being honest you know she comes off a little too much because she's a little too put together yeah martha stewart little too put together you know i think people like a little bit of flawedness and that's why I decided I'm not going to put on this air of perfection or this air of per- perfect Mr. Rogers goodness, even though I have good values. And I think you guys are seeing that I have a Mr. Rogers quality about me. But you also know that we're living in a different era. This is not the 70s and the 60s anymore. Times are becoming more sophisticated. And as a result of that sophistication, I think we have to grow the fuck up. And that's what I liked about the evolution of Captain America, mm-hmm. because he's growing up. He's not so pure as the driven snow. He, it's still there, but it's not so touchy. It's mm-hmm. not so goody two-shoe. It's not so in your face, yeah, you know? exactly. And it's because he was a 40s guy all of a sudden thrown into the 2000s. Yeah. And he's he got the values of the, someone from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And he sure. just evolved as he came into himself absolutely yes so i have written here babe what is the difference between good friends and bad friends because i've had a lot of falling outs and i don't feel like i did anything wrong it seemed like they dropped off when i started in in, being proud of who i was i was coming into my own i was becoming more forward thinking i was becoming kinder um but 
as a result of coming into my own, I also became more opinionated. I became, you might want to say brash, but I don't think it's brash. I think I became just more uh, uh, unapologetically myself. And as a result, um, some people just start sloughing off in your life. And that's unfortunate, but but it is a natural part of life. You want to speak on that a little bit? Uh, how, falling out, uh, good friends versus bad friends. What are the qualities that, like me and Craig, we're different as, as night and day, but there's just that certain something that keeps us, the friendship going and, and something that endures. Yeah, I I sometimes feel like I'm a horrible friend because I'm not one of those people that just reaches out to people all the time. Yeah. Well, like I'll go years without talking to people like yeah. some of my old friends, but at the same time, but you never are thinking negatively about exactly. Them. And it, when it comes down to it, if any of them would ever need me for anything, mm-hmm. I'd be there in a second. And I think that's on their side too. So I think a lot of people judge whether a friend's good or bad is whether they're always in your face or talking yeah, or hanging out or that's whatever. Not always that's always the case. Not, in my have, opinion, that's not what that is. That's a really good point because I think a lot of people assume that your best friends are the ones that reach out all the time. I have some friends that reach out constantly, but do I think that they're there for me? Not yeah. necessarily. Mm-hmm. Whereas friends like Craig, Craig never fucking calls me. He always lets me do the calling. And yeah. in normal circumstances, that would piss me off. But mm-hmm. because it's Craig, I let it slide yeah. because I know there's no malice. Well, yeah. To it. Like, like with Wendy. Mm-hmm. You know? Last time we went down to California, yeah. I've known her since literally the second, first day of kindergarten. Yeah. And we don't talk very often, but every once in a while we'll text. And like when we got together down there, we hadn't seen each other in probably 10, 15 years. And it was just like, it was yesterday. Yeah. And I think at the core of a good friendship is just someone that's, that you just vibe with and you're there when you need to be. And you don't take offense to when somebody's not yeah. in your actual life well, all the time. What kind of pisses me off about my falling out with a few people, like my friend Roger, one day, so he became a truck driver. We were friends forever. <clears throat> He's the guy that uh, whose house had the energy of, mm-hmm. of a death, and I was like, who died in here? And yeah. he freaked out. Yeah. Um, he saw that I was an empath, and it, it, he thought that was bizarre. He'd never seen that before. Um, but he's the kind of guy where he was constantly having to change things around in his life, always cleaning, always reorganizing. And then he would play that with his friends, too, where I don't need that friend anymore. And he would just eventually get rid of them because he was making room for new things in his life. And while I understand his desire to get away from low-quality people or get away from bad people, he was trying to become a better person. In doing so, he was so obvious about it. And it was kind of spiteful and hateful. And I was like, dude, but I was one of the good ones. I was the one, Mm -hmm. like, I had your back always. And so... It just got to the point where uh, falling outs became so superficial. It's like he cleaned me out of his life the way he did to Craig previously and to a handful of his other friends previously because he was trying to make room for good things in his life. And while I do believe, in essence, that's a good thing, I was never the kind of person that brought chaos or drama to his world. It was always other people. So I don't... Whatever it was, it was completely on him. Well, he's very OCD. And OCD people, I can relate because I'm a little OCD myself, is that we want to have control over our life. We want there to be clarity in our life. And sometimes we have to organize and reorganize and continually change things up uh, to make things feel relevant. But he is so bad that he's willing to get rid of friends just because there's a little bit of imperfection there, even though there's no hate or spite there. Yeah. You know, That's it's like just, he thinks yeah. he's evolved past the need for you or he's he's evolved to the point where he no longer needs you and i just find that weird because 
like it was a time in his life where he was uh he had met a girl in mexico they were dating they were close he was she was going to move and get to the united states and they were going to get married all this stuff and uh i'm fine with all that but then he was so like i think he wanted to get rid of all of his friends before they had to meet her and I think he was afraid of our judgment or our wrath or our, ju- you know, but it's like, why would we he care? Didn't, I, he didn't know you very well. Well, he did know me, though. He well, knew that I was not going to give him shit over that. But but he still did it. But he did yeah, it anyways. And, just, and well, it makes me wonder. I think it was more that he was embarrassed to show her his hooligan friends. But we yeah. weren't hooligans. Mm-hmm. I was a chef. I was a professional. Yeah. yeah. You know, people just let their insecurities get the best of him yeah whatever that insecurity is yeah that and, seems to be the case yeah i think he is. let his insecurity and 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 also they they get carried away in their own negative thoughts they're making a lot of assumptions about people's negativity they assume yeah. people hate you or they assume that you're trash or they assume that there's no good qualities to you because they don't know how to be direct if he'd said something to the effect of you know i don't like the way uh craig and all those people act at that house uh, so I distanced myself from it, and uh, I kept you on as a friend because I see that you're more mature, you're more kind. Um, but then eventually it came to the point where he just lumped me in with the other mm-hmm. kids at that house, too. And it was like, dude, you know, I was trying to, you know, if he all it took was a conversation, I think he would have realized that, hey, I'll give you your space. You want to, you're trying to move on with your life you're trying to get married you're trying to have kids i get that so that's fine doesn't mean you have to remove me outright yeah i th- I found it's that very hurtful a little weird yeah. yeah and then with Corey, Corey just became intolerant i mean i had a friend that i grew up with doug and uh he uh, found me on facebook we became facebook friends and then and the next day he wasn't there i was like what the hell happened that <laughs> happened to me with another cory Cor- uh, another core i grew up with and uh and uh, they just disappeared. And why? Because they find out that you're liberal. It's like, yeah. when, it's so poisonous. Yeah, it's so it fucking be, poisonous. themselves get that caught up in it. They get so caught up in it that it, yeah. it literally becomes poisonous. It's yeah. toxic, you know. Mm-hmm. Bad juju. Yeah. Well, and I guess also because I can see some of the harm in right-wing politics. I'm not saying at all the Democrats are so perfect. They're not. They're fucking crazy, half of them. But... But at least they're trying to create policies that help the working middle class people and, and try to bring about less prejudice, less racism, less inequality. It feels like they're, try- they're championing for the right wing movement because they want to become less charitable, less compassionate and more fierce. And that's becoming like this, this thing in our culture now where people think that being a superhero, being strong is about being fierce, and being fierce means being cold or mean mm. or cruel. Yeah. What do you think about that? People just they don't understand like being human. It's mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's just yeah. these weird, outdated ideas about they're what outmoded. things are, and they're just outmoded. Just, yeah, and they're, they're, they're a lot all, of them aren't smart enough to figure it out. So. I, I think you're right. I think it boils there down to no sensibility. There is no, <clears throat> if you don't have the intelligence or the sensibility, you're just never going to. Yeah, and it's too it's too bad because I've lost I've 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 left I've had so many friends that were conservative that aren't friends with me today, and I didn't do anything to to cause the problem. I'm still friends with Craig. I'm still friends with Evan. I'm still friends with a lot yeah. of conservatives, mm-hmm. but there's a handful that become so just overbearing that it's like a cult. It's like, well, you're not you don't believe what we believe, therefore you're the you're the enemy. It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, settle yeah. down, Beavis. Yeah. <laughs> So I have written here uh, uh, 
Oh, oh, I want to finish up real quick. Good friends versus bad friends. Let's just close that subject real quick. What do you think at the end of the day? How can there be, what can you tell the audience that are good predictors of a bad outcome versus a good outcome with people? And I know there's a gut check, visceral uh, empath thing, vibes there. But what do you think is a good way to making sure that you're not barking up the wrong tree with whether it be a relationship, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend situation, or whether it be with just friends? What's a good rule of thumb to not let the wrong people in your life because chances are uh, they're not going to be loyal enough or they're not going to evolve enough to uh, stay loyal and, and friendly to you? Well, sometimes it's hard to tell. Like, you can be yeah. fooled by people sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. But I think a big part of it is just listen to your gut. You're Most of the time, you'll get a vibe about someone or you'll get a, a an air of something and you'll just kind of ignore it because you want to be friends with that person or you do want to continue yeah. the relationship. Um, well, I think, I think desperation mm-hmm. allows us to yeah. settle a lot. Yeah. And so we settle for abusive people. We settle for hateful people. We settle for people that pick on us and fuck with us. And, you know, the, the difference is, is like when Craig fucks with me, it's done out of jest. When my grandfather used to poke and rib me, it was done out of love. And if you can't tell yeah. the difference, you haven't been on this planet long yeah. enough. Yeah. And then just also, if if a person lets you be yourself, that's a good indicator that they're a good friend. A good person, yeah. a good friend, is that they're not trying to change that's you. That's what really did it for me. When, pe- when I stood up for myself and being a good person, and they're like, well... I can't tolerate that because my version of you is shitty. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to live up to the narrative that I have written in my own brain, even though that's not who you are. Yeah. And allow people to change and grow up and evolve. Oh yeah. I have a lot of friends who have changed, but they've changed for, and for the better for all intents and purposes. You know, and my problem with a lot of people like my friend and I, uh, the chiropractor, he's a good guy. He really is, but he hasn't found his calm. He still gets way uptight. And while I get that because I think that is uh, pointing to a greater symptom of PTSD and anxiety and, um, and you know, just a panic disorder and things like that, I forgive that. Um, but he's also very spiteful and cruel still. And it makes me wonder whether or not someday he's going to uh, turn his sights back onto me again uh, because his wrath, he's very wrathful. And I, I fear that one day he's just going to become more wrathful toward me again, and then I'm going to have to put him yeah. in his place again, and we're going to have another falling out. Yeah, who knows? And I worry but, about that, because I yeah. think he is a good guy, and he's trying, and he is growing, but uh, not fast enough for, for my mm-hmm. taste. I would like, I would appreciate if he would just try to calm down, relax, be more grateful of the little things, because I think, like, for example, like, he just texted me today, and he's like, hey, I'd like you to meet, oh, and congratulations, my friend Jim, uh, he's got a brand new son they adopted, and uh, it's a little, uh, his name is Alexander, uh, Alexander, uh, what was, J- Jonathan, Jonathan. yeah, Alexander Jonathan, uh, and uh, the baby is a Latino, and he's white, so I find that very progressive, I love that. Um, and so in that regard, I think he's trying on paper to be a good person. He's trying on paper to be a cool, calm, collected customer. But at the end of the day, he just isn't. He's a spaz attack and, uh, he, he's his own worst enemy. And I worry someday that that wrath, that scorn is going to end up back on my front porch. And, uh, I'm not going to know how to deal with it because we've gone through so much that I just, I don't have a lot more 
to give. I can't, I, I'm giving all I can give. I'm giving her all she got, <laughs> Captain. <laughs> yeah. What do you think with, about that? And if, with him in particular, or no, in general, in general, yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's more on one end, one side person letting the person be who they are. Yeah, it's not reciprocated as well, much the, as it should be. Yeah, because I think we should it, all be tolerant to it, a point. Yeah, but um, where what is but, the breaking point? You think is it when they become wrathful towards you personally? Yeah, I think so. That's my breaking point. Yeah, definitely. When people become mm-hmm. angry at life, fine. Mm-hmm. You, you want to get angry at me? Fine. So long as you don't make it personal, fine. I'm angry that you did this, this, and this. I'm angry that yeah. you didn't become a better friend. I'm angry over these things that I think you are, even though that might not be what you are. That's what I'm thinking yeah. you are. Yeah, and that's a problem become- with him is he thinks that I'm the friend that wasn't there for him. Oh, we moved up to Oregon. You abandoned me in my time of need. Bro, we don't move, go down to visit you because we're broke, not because we're not there for you. Yeah. And so that's the thing that he doesn't understand is like, like we get one vacation a year. We go to visit your parents because they're my parents. They're your parents, right? <laughs> and so it's nothing about him. And so I'm afraid him coming up again is he's going to get scornful again, thinking that we're not reciprocating the love. It's like, dude. We're broke asses. Yeah. You got to give people room to be themselves. And if they're going through stuff, if they can't afford to visit you, you're just going to have to accept it and, mm-hmm. and know that I can't just pull money out of my ass to visit you, man. I wish I could. Yeah. Because if I had the money to get a ticket to, to Sacramento, I would do it. Oh, yeah. We'd be there tomorrow. Yeah. But Absolutely. it's just not in the cards. And yeah. so I'm got, trying to get him to acknowledge that, dude. We do love you. We are there for you. Why do you think when you came to me in your moment of need, when your mother is at the end of her life cycle, that I was trying to find resources for you to help her and to nurse her in her moment of need? It's because she was my mom, too. I love her, too. Your family to me, all of you guys. But sometimes when people are having um, anxiety, it comes out as wrath. It comes about as as vengeance. And so I, I just find, like like Batman, there's an aggressiveness to it. There's an anger and frustration, but it's not always built on reality. What do you think we yeah. can do with those friends of ours that uh, aren't entirely understanding your motives, you know? You have to try to try to make them understand, <clears throat> but you can only do so much. Right. And you can't beat yourself up over it, and you just can do what you can do. And yeah. <laughs> It can be sad because sometimes things happen. and It it is sad because even when you try to be direct and you try to be kind and you try to be loving, um, they're always going to see you how you once were and not how you are now. Or they're always going to um, have something in their craw that you did to them and, and we... And we moved past that. We forgave each other. We we made our amends, and yet it comes back. It's like they're looking for any excuse to continue hating on you. And at the end of the day, what's broken isn't the relationship. What's broken is them. So how do you get how do you get them to fucking know. stay correct? You know, you can't. Yeah, that's the thing. And I worry about that with Jim because I love yeah, him. I think I he's a good guy. He's mm-hmm. a chiropractor. He's a healer. But sometimes I just sometimes I don't think that he has it in him. To be the healer, he he's trying harder to be a capitalist than he is to be a healer. And while I do believe in getting ahead and finding success and all that, I think if you don't come quite correct, I'm not saying he doesn't come correct with his uh, patients. He probably mm-hmm. does. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I think because he grew up poor, he's got it in his mind that he's got to be 
yeah. wealthy or he's yeah. got to be well-to-do or he's got to be successful in some form because all he's seen around him is failures. And then he thinks that's because everyone's lazy. He doesn't think it's because he doesn't understand systemic poverty. He doesn't understand that people who grow up poor tend to die poor because it's hard to get out of if you don't have resources. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm trying to get him to take it easy on his family around him. Take right. it easy on people who haven't succeeded. There's a lot of people who haven't succeeded. Christ, you're not succeeding and you have a chiropractic degree. <laughs> <laughs> your your wife isn't succeeding and she's got a master's degree in business. And that's okay. And it's okay. Yeah, and that's my point is that it's okay. People aren't failing. That's not a bug. It's a feature now. And I'm trying to get people to realize, don't blame yourself. If you feel like you need a little extra push, push. If you need encouragement, find it. Find the right people. But at the end of the day, you know, the reason why most, you look out there, I know a million people. And all one million people, okay, maybe not a million, <laughs> but all thousand of those people aren't living in mansions, aren't living in big houses. The ones that are doing well bought that house 20, 30 years ago. There is no new wealth being accumulated in this country, and I just don't understand why people use that. You know, like my friend Corey, that's another thing. When he got his big job, his high-paying job from New York, that's when our friendship took a seat mm-hmm. because He's like, well, he's just a failure. He doesn't try. No, I've been trying my whole life. The difference is, is that I'm not like you. I don't just go out there. He'll go whole hog into something for six months and then, and then just stop and then do something else and then do something else. Mm-hmm. And while I'm, I think it's great. He's all about that one thing until he isn't. In other words, there's just, he, there's no reason for it. There's no, it's, it's like, it's like he's trying to put on a mask that isn't him. And then after a while, it just falls off because it was never really him in the first place. <clears throat> and so I do believe we have to know thyself, know yourself. Um, but I've tried a million jobs. I've gotten more degrees, diplomas, certificates than anyone I know, literally. <clears throat> yeah. And I've tried every single time, very hard. Um, but we just live in a world now where unless you know someone or unless you get lucky, chances are you're going to end up paying your dues for a very long time and you may not make it to that next level and that was my point about like <clears throat> I could get another job out there in here in rural Oregon and I will but I have much better chances of making it in this in radio and my branding than I ever would as just a, a nobody over at Target Distribution Center because say I put in 9 years there I toil every day, make their quotas every day. Four years go by, five years go by, and then you either get fired or you get promoted or nothing happens. That's And that's what I mean. When nothing happens, that's what we all say. Oh, success is when nothing goes wrong. Well, nothing goes wrong except everything about your life is wrong because you're putting 40, 50 hours a week into quotas and you're, you're twitching at night in the bed because you're having night terrors (laughs) because you're trying to make fucking ends meet. And, um, that we call that a success. We call that a win, even though their mental health is shit. Yeah, I just found out that one of my coworkers, one of the guys that works overnight, <clears throat> used to be like a super in a supervisory position yeah. at Target Distribution mm-hmm. Center. So he had to be the one pushing these people and pushing for the quotas and mm-hmm. pushing for that, and mm-hmm. he fucking hated it. Yeah, and he's not working there anymore because he's not mean spirited enough much. to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I mean is at the end of the day, you're either companies either have a loving sensibility or they don't. And I, I'm tired of fucking corporations with their right-wing agendas. They're hateful, they're spiteful, they're superior, and uh, they're trying to motivate us all to hate each other. They're all trying to motivate us. 
us to think that we're the piece of shit, that we're broken, that we're we're no good. Do we ever stop to think that maybe our system's no good? And the reason why we don't get results is because garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. We don't. You cannot get gold out of yesterday's newspaper. You cannot get gold out of trash. You have to put in good, get good out. And if there's only bad people going into bad systems, they're coming out the other end as bad people in bad systems. And so I don't think everyone is bad. I think there's a lot of good people. But how are, how do we get over the hump? How do we get to the point where, um, because if there's no jobs and all we have left is to uh, that low-hanging fruit from these corporate-style jobs, what can we do uh, to, to combat that or at least to, to reconcile with that in our own minds? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not. It's, not just, doing very it's a well complex it. issue, it you is. know. You, it, sometimes you just have to <clears throat> realize what your bottom line is and what you have to do to survive. And just sometimes yeah. you have to suck it up and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But then hopefully there can be enough people with enough voices to actually try to rise up and change things. But it's really hard. Yeah, absolutely it is. Well, and I've even gone so far as to think of doing a show where I prove to my audience that I'm not negative. I'm just seeing with my blinders off. You know, because a lot of times when we try to fight corrupt systems, when we try to fight systemic inequality, when we try to fight uh, corporate tyranny and corporate oligarchies, a lot of people go, you're so negative. You're so negative. No, it's don't shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, I I feel like I should do an episode where I prove unemployment numbers, uh, statistical analysis, so that I can prove my message is yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people, when you're trying to push for better, you're trying to show people how to evolve socially and how to evolve in their views so we become less regressive. They're born into regressiveness. They don't know anything but regression. So they don't understand how to go free, how to set themselves free and to think bigger thoughts than to just simply put up with the corporate tyranny and nonsense because it's all we got out there. And uh, they like to think, well, maybe it's you. Maybe you're the problem. Uh, excuse me, but I've been working for 35 years and I've had many, many of these corporate style jobs and I never got fired from them. I always quit of my own free volition. The reason being that I always quit is because after a while I would get so depressed and despondent that I was like, I don't even recognize myself anymore. Sure, I'm making money, but I don't feel good. I don't like myself. And so at the end of the day, I just felt like, God, man, I got to find the soul of life. I have to find the spiritual reason for existing other than just paying bills, you know? Yeah. So that brings us to a count to 10. I read an article the other day that kind of goes over the steps of how we as a society who are losing our cool, uh, losing our mindfulness, uh, it's just, it gets easy to get overwhelmed. And I, there is a technique that I found that I think will be helpful to you guys. And so, uh, I'm going to give Rebecca the floor. Uh, this is an article uh, in your own words, or if you want to read it letter by letter, that's up to you. But go ahead and explain to them what this is and uh, why it is, and then just go go for it. Yeah, I'll read some of it. I don't, I don't remember who wrote it or where it's from because I don't have that part. But whatever. But yeah. um, the article starts off with research shows the average person's mind spends about fifty percent of its time wandering, thinking about the past, trying to predict the future, drifting from distraction to distraction. 
That's normal. What psychologists call attention cycling not only helps keep us safe, get too hyper-focused on a call and you might not notice a stop sign, but also helps us learn from the past and make plans for the future. Yet when your attention cycles so quickly, you enter a state in the cognitive... Let me try that again. Yeah. <laughs> when you, yet when your attention cycles so quickly, you enter a state the cognitive neuroscientist Amishi Jha calls hazy autopilot mode. Yeah. You aren't really paying attention to anything. Your thoughts drift from task to task, from distraction to distraction, from the future to the present. And the uh, solution is to be more mindful. Right. And he goes on to say, taking a few moments to pause and think and focus has made a difference. And it could for you, too. Maybe before you pick up the phone to follow up with a prospect, you'll decide to pause and think about what they need and not just how desperately you need to make a sale. Maybe you'll decide to pause in your car before you head into work to think about the kind of leader you want to be. Maybe you'll decide to pause at the door to your house to think about the kind of person you want to be with your loved ones. Yeah. Pick a few everyday cues and use them to spark a few moments of focus on what really matters. Okay, can stop right there for a second? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that really resonates with me because... I didn't even know I was doing it, but that's how I stay mindful. That's how I stay less angry is that when I go into a conversation with, say, Jim, I go into it for the sake of creating a bonding moment. Um, I, I'm always trying to think of things I'm grateful for. I'm always looking for the positive angle and everything, um, not because I'm Mr. Goody Two-Shoe, because, like I said, I I say motherfucker constantly, um, but don't confuse uh, our, the language with the person. You know, I think my intentions are always to uh, to try to make good. And, and, and yeah, just taking that little extra moment to be mindful in that moment seems to help me get through uh, some of the harder moments in life because I'm able to stop and process, well, how do I want this day to go? Or how do I want my moments to go with people? How do I want my interactions? How can I become more positive when I'm not feeling positive? <laughs> You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. good, good and stuff. I, I definitely am not mindful enough, and I, I'm going to keep this, keep this, take in this mind. article to heart because, yeah, yeah. And it says research agrees improved mindfulness can improve resilience, help reduce stress and anxiety, and improve memory and decision making skills. And they have a little acronym STOP, stop, actually, yeah. to help you remember <clears throat> S stopped physically, mentally stop, and T take a breath, then O observe. Focus on what's happening around you, and more importantly, inside you, what you're thinking about, what you want to think about. In other words, reset. Then, P, proceed, and get on with your day. That's great for broader mindfulness. It never hurts to tell yourself to take a breath and slow down. So it's kind of like counting to 10, you guys. Yeah, In the sense that you just, before you just jump on into the fire, you're acknowledging your uh, thoughts around... You're, you're, you're acknowledging your inner thoughts. You're acknowledging around you. It's so easy to, to leap before we look. And just go on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that does kind of bring a little bit more mindfulness. Now, for, for our more cynical viewers out there who are like, oh, fuck that shit. You know, life sucks. People suck. The end. Uh, is there, you know, a way yeah. to, to combat our, our inner negativity towards that? Because... The more yeah. cynical viewer would say, "Oh, fuck that!" You right? Know? <laughs> I know, and yeah, it, it. I think probably just actually doing it will help combat that because yeah, you'll kind of. I think if it's I the start exercise doing of doing it, it itself. Yeah, and I think if I start doing that, like before I go into work, instead of being like, "Oh, this sucks," it's another day. It's another. Rah, rah, rah. Like yeah, maybe just stop and be like, "Okay, I'm not gonna let people get to me today. I'm just gonna." <clears throat> 
get through this okay and we're going to be fine. And I think just starting off with that mindset. Yeah. Well, and also when we stop and breathe, we get more oxygen to our brain. And when you stop, you're stopping everything uh, to allow that. Like when I get tired, sometimes it'll allow negative dark clouds to come in. But other times when I'm tired, sometimes if I'm not uptight and I allow my inner calm to come over me, uh, I'm enveloped in that, enveloped, I should say, uh, in that uh, feeling of uh, uh, just um, inner joy, inner love, inner contentment. And that is something that I feel like doesn't come because a lot of people are just rushing around so much that they don't allow it to come. It's, yeah. They're not mindful enough to allow it to come. And so we have to be very mindful that of the person we want to be, of the person that the way we want to treat people and the way that we want to see the world. That doesn't mean, I mean, you guys, I am the most pessimist, hateful, not hateful. I'm, <laughs> I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm passionately angry because I want better outcomes in our society. I'm angry because I'm impatient and I'm frustrated because I don't see enough progress in our society and I don't see enough progress in people. But so I have to force myself to see the good, to see the right people, to see the incremental change. But sometimes we just get so impatient. Fuck that. Fuck that small change. I want big change. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's something that I definitely could benefit from. It's it's hitting it's hitting close to home with this one. Yeah, is that is that all of it? Um, it just kind of had a little. Go a ahead. Little, um, Go ahead and finish that brief off. Ending of it. Yeah. Um, uh, it just says pick a few everyday cues and use them to spark a few moments to focus on what really matters. Sure, it might feel like you're wasting precious time in an already busy day, mm-hmm. but you more than get that time back in improved effectiveness and efficiency. And I'm going to add mental health. It can. Yeah. I, I can see that it would definitely make a difference. In well, yeah. How you approach things and how you see things. And well, yeah, because we're trying to be productive. We're trying to be trying to get rid of those mental negative mental demons, the negative self talk or the negative I hate everything talk. Because I do that a lot, and, and um, <clears throat> I'm not a hateful person. I'm a loving, caring, kind person, but I allow my anxieties to uh, make me think that the world has become too punitive because it has. Laws and rules have become punitive. The corporate world has become punitive. And there's a lot of hateful, spiteful people out there. And so it took me a long time as a pacifist, if you will, to find the inner courage and strength to say, no, I'm sticking up for what's right. No, I'm sticking up for what's good. No. I'm sticking up for best practices of what I know the world requires. And so you get to a point where you become more assertive in yourself. And yeah, you do lose some friends in that. And you know what? Say la vie, motherfuckers. I'm a happier person for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is hurtful in the moment. Absolutely. But, you know, and that's the thing is that at the end of the day, if people can't accept us for who we really are, and that's why Craig and I are still friends. He still accepts me for who I am and he accepts and embraces my change. Exactly. He, he, he yeah. hates touchy-feely shit, and I'm all about touchy-feely mm-hmm. shit, and he's like, eh, yucky, uh-huh. you know. But, but, you know, silently, he's like, ooh, I kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's loving it. He's He loves warm feelings. Yeah. Who doesn't like uh-huh. warm feelings? And, yeah. and for me, it's like I'm trying to do this here show in a way where um, my inner goodness comes out, but it's not cliche. It's not stereotypical. It's not... A lifestyle, like, oh, namaste. You know, I'm just being me. Yeah, and if that namaste shit 
is your thing. Yeah, no, and it's exactly from right. The heart, That's what I'm cool, saying. Is but if yeah. that hippy dippy <laughs> new age shit is your cup of tea, go for it. But exactly. it's just not me, man. But don't it's, push it. If it's yeah, right. well, it's just about letting people be what they are and accepting that because you know, there's an old saying: uh, "I have bigger fish to fry." I got bigger fish to fry than to worry about little old that guy or little old that girl over there dissing on me. I got a world to take over. I got a success. I got an empire to build, man. I got a a temple to build, the, uh, the temple of me. And it's not for selfish reasons. It's not for ego reasons. It's for to become the best, strongest version of yourself that you can become, where you become equal parts strong and equal parts kind, because that's the problem I'm having with all these success pages, talking about getting fierce, is that they're turning people yeah. into sociopaths and predators. Yeah, that's absolutely. not good. Mm-hmm. You know? No, it's not at all. Yeah. So if you, if, you know, like my, my cousin, <clears throat> my cousin Dan, uh, he, you know, in his earlier years was kind of lazy and, you know, kind of couldn't figure out what he wanted to do with his life and all that. We all have that failure to launch sometimes, you know? And then when he figured it out, <clears throat> he went full steam ahead, but now he gets angry a lot because, and I, I, I told him one time, I'm like, dude, Every time you have to go to work, you get angry. And not because you have to get work. You're getting anger. Your anger fuels your passion mm-hmm. and your motivation. Now, if you could turn that anger into something else, you'd be set. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the problem is is that people almost have to, like, they have to become hateful in order to become assertive. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is, ain't no one fucking with you, dude. Yeah. Do, you do right. you, but yeah. you don't have to be so spiteful. I just find that people who have to get motivated by anger or negativity or hate, it's like, dude, you can be fierce and you can tell the the dummies and the haters and the, the, the crazies, go fuck yourself and still be a good person. In other words, be a good person, be a nice person, be a kind person. And if you got to come, you have to be an, a dick sometimes to the right people, then do that. But be selective about it. Don't. Just let, and that was my problem with Craig saying, you know, uh, be brash, be a jerk, be your truest self, and then let the haters, you know, hate and let them fall away and fuck other people. Yes, fuck other people. I agree in mm. the, in essence. But when you do that, you're also painting with a broad brush. You're painting energetically. You're saying that everybody sucks, nothing is good, and I am going to live my life the way I see fit because I'm selfish and fuck everyone else, and I'm just going to go ahead and be me and fuck you. And it's like, yes, that is true, but you don't have to paint with that broad brush. There are ways in which we can start seeing the nuance of good in people, seeing the nuance in the good things in the world. I just think that when people you know, use hate and spite as a motivator, uh, I get it, but um, they're not seeing a higher cerebral reason for that and, and how they can perhaps channel that into something a little bit less spiteful, a little bit more productive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, yeah, and it'd be easier on their psyche and their 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 physical <clears throat> body, like anger and hate all the time. It well, it's going to, yeah, because it comes, it comes out, it, they bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle up, and then they explode. And who's to say that that doesn't, that's not the you know, the final nail in the coffin for their job. Mm-hmm. Your boss gets tired of your abusive bullshit and bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just don't think it's good for your soul either yeah. because you're no, always no. going through that psychic turbulence. Mm-hmm. The war is on. The war is off. The war is on. The war is off. And when you yeah. approach life as a war, as doing battle, 
Listen, I punched out of the battle. I used to be in the army. I used to have to battle. I don't want a fucking battle anymore. And so I've learned ways to be more kind and polite and nice to myself so that do I sometimes think that our society is hopeless and all hope is lost? Sure. I do feel that way sometimes, but but it's those little joys, those little glories, those little triumphs that allow me to realize that, you know, not everybody out there is stupid. Not everybody out there is crazy. Not everybody out there is a Karen. Now, there are a lot of them out there, and we have to protect ourselves. And mm-hmm. if we have to become a dick once in a while to protect ourselves, then that's fine. We, we do what we have to do to survive. But at the end of the day, to carry that load every day of hate feels like it's just extra baggage to me, extra weight, you know? Yeah, it does. So now we can go to standing up for the greater universal good. So I try to look at the world and universals. What I mean is what is universally best practice, universal best science, universal best attitude, universal best policy. And when I do that, it also helps me find my emotional core and my moral compass. I calibrate my moral compass every month or so. And when I see that my moral compass is off a little, I go, nope, you need to come back over here. And Superman and Captain America and all that kind of helped me do that because mm-hmm. I'm like, they would never do that. Yeah. And that might be Jesus for some people. And that's why I'm telling you, religious people, if, if, if Jesus Christ is calibrating your moral compass, good. Um, goodness and, uh, and best practices, no matter what banner is under, I'm all for. We just have differences in opinion. It doesn't mean that we have to be hateful of each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. But Captain America always reminds me of how to be my inner soldier when I'm feeling weak, when I'm feeling s- small, when I'm feeling tainted. Uh, I I remember those days when I used to jump out of airplanes and jump out of t- off of towers and jump out of off the skids of fucking <laughs> helicopters. I can't believe I used to do those things, but I did. And 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 that was a million years ago. And I'm not that person anymore. But I am that person. You know, the inner toughness is still there. I always say, if there was a zombie apocalypse, you're all going to find out real quick that uh, Mr. Rogers here can be a badass motherfucker when he has to be because that's part of my training. Mm -hmm. And that training is what helps me stay strong. It's my moral core. But I don't, I think it's dangerous to walk around with guns, walk around with weapons, walk around with these attitudes. Uh, It is dangerous. It is sociopathic. It is predatorial. And I don't like it. You know, remember that time down in California where we saw that sheriff he was a young young man yeah and he had that, that look on his face like he was yeah. gonna he, he was at, he acted like he was at the motherfucking okay corral and he was gonna start plucking motherfuckers with his gun right yeah. then and there and he was walking through the, the parking lot at Starbucks yeah, yeah just walking through the, remember that, like that who was... the fuck are you guy if you have yeah. a bad attitude you better you better stifle that shit right quick because you're gonna get your ass fired because the way he was behaving his energy was mm-hmm. off. Yeah, you. Could, was. I mean, he looked like a rampage killer. Mm-hmm. And you're a fucking police officer, so you better come correct, motherfucker. I just didn't like it. Remember yeah. my? Remember the way I was reacting to it? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, fuck no. You try something on me, motherfucker. You're you're going down. Yeah. I don't care if you're a cop or not. Yeah. And what I mean is, is that <clears throat> uh, just because you're a police officer doesn't necessarily mean that you're sticking up for what's universally right. Mm-mm. Doesn't mean that your moral core is in check. Does it mean that you're doing the right thing? Now, I generally support all police, all do-gooders in our society. 
anyone who's trying to make a better society. But that doesn't mean that uh, cops don't lose their shit, that cops don't lose their center, that cops well, some go them, crazy from yeah, time to time. They do. go into it for the wrong reasons, which I kind of right. feel like that guy probably did. He went into it because he wanted to shoot he'd be able to do all, have his attitude and have a gun on his hip at the same time. Right. Which, and that's just, that's that is so immature. Yeah. And that means that I, I'm surprised guys like that can even pass the psychological I evaluation. Know. Yeah. That's Seriously. The scary part. Yeah. They must lie their ass off. Yeah. You know, they know what people want to hear and then they give it to them. Cause they're sociopaths. Cause they're sociopaths. Sociopaths can do that. Mm-hmm. They're charming. Yeah. They, they know where the moral right should be. They just don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. But they can play act like they do. Right. So yeah, at the end of the day, I, I just, I think of universalities. What's universally best practice. I'm not, Mr. Leftist. I'm not Mr. Woke Liberal. I like barbecue. I used to be an ammunition specialist. I used to be a soldier. Um, but I just think that if we're going to become a better, kinder society, we all have to find that inner core of goodness from within. And yes, we all deal with predators. We all deal with assholes. We all deal with shitty bosses. Does that mean that we should all become assholes now? Because we're all fighting off assholes, so therefore we just become one? What do you think? It's tempting, It is. No, and sometimes I give in yeah, to it. And Remember how I do. treated that guy at the mailbox that day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I'll fuck you up, guy. Like, right? And yeah. I hate that. When yeah. I was done, I was like, ah... I didn't listen to my better angels. Right. I listened to yeah. my the other side. I listened to my inner thing. demon. Like, people with a conscience will feel that way afterwards. So, yeah. so that's not the way to go about it. Sometimes yeah. in the moment, and sometimes it happens, and if it does, okay, fine, you did it. It's done. It's done. But it's not the but, way to do and it. You don't, but you don't everyone, feel good about it, no, and you and don't if, learn from it. Yeah, and if you don't everyone grow as a person was acting that like that, acting a fool all day, every day, <clears> it'd be even worse than it is now. So yeah. that is definitely not the way to go. <clears throat> Absolutely. So that I have here, embracing who we really are on the inside. I think at the end of the day, most of us who aren't predators, most of us who uh, have found a baseline of comfort and happiness, we're not dealing with inner turmoil that's making us angry or hateful or scornful. Most people who find their inner calm, who aren't angry all the time, and I think that anger comes from insecurity, mm-hmm. anger comes from frustration, and those are all valid things. But eventually you, you arrive at a place, a baseline of comfort, a baseline of happiness, where you're not, every little thing isn't making you angry and frustrated. And so I have here embracing who we really are on the inside. At the, in, inner, at the end of the day, I think we have our inner child. That's our inner purity, our inner wholesomeness, our inner uh, fear. Uh, uh, of the unknown uh and so uh what do you think embracing our inner who we really are is do you feel like that's real or is that just a made-up psycho psycho babble oh, i think thing? it's absolutely real and it's hard to do sometimes because you get society telling you who you are and who you should be and how you should act and how you well i've just always been stubborn and i always found it very easy for me i always was very passionate and i just always had a really strong moral core um, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I've acted out of anger too many times. But now that I'm paying dividends into being a better person, I've learned from that. I don't jump into people's shit as quickly. I don't uh, uh, start fights as often. I don't do all the things that dudes like to do. They like to s- start shit. They like to- and then a lot of times they don't even have the inner toughness to back it up. I've been in fights where I'm like, okay, motherfucker, let's go. And they're like, oh, never mind. Like, yeah, you didn't think 
Oh, because they think because you're liberal, they think because you're conserv- uh, that you're a good person that you're going to be a weakling. And uh, you know me, babe. You've seen me angry and, and getting ready to fight. And uh, I'm not proud of that side, but it is a part of being a dude that you have to have. Um, but I, I really learned to compartmentalize that. That I call that my in case of emergency break glass. Mm-hmm. That's a part of me you don't want to see. And when you do see it, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Because of the inner soldier comes out, and he's well trained. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but the, at the end of the day, I hate that. You know, I have a friend. <clears throat> every time we talk, every time we have a conversation, I won't say who, uh, but he's got to talk about how badass he was back in the day, how he used to just do crazy things, and it's like, oh god, here we are, like <laughs> like adults, grow up. Yeah. Why is it that guys get a big head about and they talk about all the fights they've been in? They've talked about all these things, confrontations like I've been in a handful. I've never lost a fight. I'm a big guy. If I got to, I'll go there. But at the end of the day, I'm a teddy bear. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, I fight for what's right. I fight for purpose. I fight for clarity. I fight for forward thinkingness. Um, but I've just gotten to that point where I get so fucking bored of those friends that just want to tell you their stories of their fights. It's like, Oh, shut up. Mm-hmm. Because a, you don't even know if it's true. Mm-hmm. B, if it's not true, what does that say about that person that they haven't grown up enough? You're fucking 60 years old, dude. It's that, and I think it's just insecurity too. Yeah. Like couples retreat. John Favreau's character is always yeah. talking about when I was in when I was in football in high school. This game, check tape, this game dude. In high school, right? So it's check just, tape. He's like, yes, you were a badass in high school, but that was high that school, was, man. Yeah. If you 20, peaked in high school, you got problems. Years ago, exactly. And I think sometimes it's just He's those all, were your glory days, and that's yeah. where you want to remember yourself. Right. And, we want to remember those glory days. He's all, let's go, glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> He's all, I, I'm glass house. You're glass house. <laughs> Uh, I think that's an underrated gem of a movie. Definitely. Yeah. Of course, in order to get to embracing who we really are on the inside, we have to learn how to channel anger. I was a very impatient, very frustrated young man. Uh, I was a good man, and I was able to avoid a lot of conflict because I was a happy man, a good man. But when I lost my juju, when I lost my inner happiness, I became a, a sp- downright spiteful and so, uh, what it boils down to is channeling anger. My uncle's got a temper, boy, and uh, I'll bet you he don't now because he's sitting in a jail cell, uh, you know. But, you know, that's what I mean, you guys, is if we don't fucking get our demons in control now, we may not get them in control until we're sitting before a judge or sitting in a jail cell somewhere. So, we got to act right now. We can't be breaking laws like fools. We can't be idiots. We're all tired of... Hateful, spiteful people. We're all tired of the gun-toting nuts. Not because we're not, we don't believe in the right to bear arms, but we're tired of people thinking that they have to, they can openly intimidate us walking around with their peacock feathers out. How do we ignore those peacock feather people? How do we ignore those people that are just always brash, always spiteful, always trying to pick a fight? What the fuck are those people up to? How do we uh, ignore it? Oh, I guess I just said it. <laughs> we ignore it, right? The answer is in the question. And I think sometimes kind of not throwing it back on them, but in trying in some way to like make them feel stupid about it. Yeah. Kind of makes them think like, oh. When you say something that makes them realize how And it's not trying to be mean to somebody, but just kind of yeah. like, look at what you're doing. Like, just. When like, you make them self aware of the yeah. moment and then they right. feel ridiculous yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. 
Sometimes you gotta. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm okay, a kind-hearted person, and it doesn't happen a lot. But you know, when I worked at Lowe's, there'd be people just so in a huff, and they'd talk mad shit. And you're trying to help them, and I'll I'll say to them, "Well, if 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 abusing the cashier is your uh, daily, if you think that's making the world a better place, you're wrong." And you yeah. just keep doing what you're doing, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, uh, oh." Some of them will say or, "fuck you," and others will say, "Oh, I'm sorry." Yeah, or I'm taking people, it out on you, yeah. and I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's happened <clears throat> to me. Or the people like, "Oh, I'm never shopping here again." Okay, bye. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like I care. That's not what the- <laughs> that was. Well, that backfired. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, what would you say to people who are good people, but they just can't get their anger under control? How do we get our anger under control? Because there is a lot of injustice in the world. There's a lot of hate, a lot of spite. Uh, and there's a lot of competitiveness. And, and I think a lot of people, that's what I mean about pettiness. When you allow yourself to become animalistic, when you allow those petty differences, those petty insecurities to rule you, you are not emotionally mature. You are not emotionally intelligent. You are not growing. And so what would be your advice to mostly males, but some females too, uh, that just aren't growing, they're not finding their moral center, and they're just continually becoming dysfunctional and they're creeps what's going on with those assholes and how do we how you're right shame them into compliance but um uh, what would you say to people who are good people normally but they're just so angry they're Mm -hmm. tired of the craziness they're tired of bad politics they're tired of bad jobs they're tired of low pay they're tired of their life Uh, and it's making them angry it's making them frustrated but they're good people and so they don't they don't want to become bad people by their bad circumstances they want to become good people so how can they challenge their their uh frustrations and and turn it into something more useful something more everlasting that's that can endure that would be a very hard conversation to have with most people i think but just try to try to remind people to just try to remember who they are and who the core of themselves is and be true to themselves and just Try to center and try to be mindful about stuff and just yeah. take a minute, take a breath, Well, count to 10. That's why I say here, yes, we're activists, but we are not trying to start a radical movement. If, if you think the way we win is by becoming uh, 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 Darth Vader, we become Anakin Skywalker, you underestimate my power. Like... Yeah, no. My friend choked me out that day because he was reading a book right. about the Sith and he choked me at work. Yeah. And then he got his ass fired and he's mm-hmm. lucky I didn't press fucking charges on his dumb ass. Yeah. But the point is, is that some people aren't playing with a full deck and they're so frustrated and they're not self-aware enough. They're not self-aware enough. They yeah. think the world owes them something. How can we deal with people who lack awareness? I don't know, because that's kind of the key of... Of getting of, of shaming someone right? as you make them aware yeah. of something, right? Either they're shaming them or even trying to get them to think about things. If they're so not self aware, well, I, I don't know what the. I think. Well, I think the thing we have to learn is is that we're not here to fix everyone. That's yeah. That's we're here to true. fix the ones that we can. We're here to create best practices. We're here to start a movement. Not just me and my empath tribe, but we're all here to start a movement. And, 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 and that brings me to something else I have here. I had it, but I lost it. Then I found it again. The it factor. Now, mm-hmm. when I talk about the it factor, that can mean a few things. The it factor, in my mind, when I'm thinking about it, means to have it. Charm. Charisma. It. You have it. Some people make it because of the it factor. What do you think that it is? And why do some just not have it? 
because they just don't. <laughs> I don't know if there is a definition of it. It's just how you know because like my friend the other day he he goes you know I love you brother and I said I love you too man he's like well you know I'm never going to be as cool as you you're just the coolest guy I know and blah 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 and uh, that was refreshing because I do think I'm a cool guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very few people see me. That way, because they're my old friends. My old mm-hmm. friends see me as the nerd. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they see me as that dorky guy that loves Iron Man and all, all that. But yeah. um, but I I do think I have an inner coolness. Uh, I have charisma. I have uh, you know, the it factor. I think a lot of people though have yeah. the it factor, and I say that with no ego whatsoever. What is it? What is it? <laughs> is it? What is it? <laughs> Sorry, nineties guys. Anyone? Right. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. You want it all, but you can't have it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm waxing nostalgic, y'all. All right. Need to sometimes. Yeah. But uh, no, but what is it? What is the it factor? What is charisma? How do we attain it? Uh, you know, because I think uh, mm. it, it is an attitude. But how do we have, because I think that's what a lot of people on social media are trying to do is have it, but it comes off hateful or it comes off shallow or petty. Um, mm-hmm. uh, people who work out a lot, uh, people who are into that perfect body thing. I think they're, they think, oh, it's making me stronger. It's making me more fierce. And while it might make them more fierce, um, there's a difference between fierce and just being, um, uh, scornful or hateful. Uh, I think fierce is when a good person is strong. Uh, when bad people are strong, it makes you a predator. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put it, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What do, what do you think it is? Charisma. I don't know. It reminds me of it's E.T. A- <laughs> zero charisma. We call each other names. <laughs> Penis breath. Zero charisma. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the it factor. But it, it is what separates people who succeed from not. Like, you take Joe Rogan. Is he smart? Yeah. He's smart-ish. But is he the smartest fuck? No. He's not as smart as the people he has on, like Bob Lazar. He's not as smart as a lot of the people he has on. And he's not as uh, uh, woke as a lot of uh, his the liberals that he has on. In other words, he's self-aware. But why, I think everybody just lets Joe Rogan be the coolest motherfucker in the room. And because I have that, too, I'm like, if we were in the room together, he'd be the rich version. I'd be the poor version. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'd be butting heads a little bit. Yeah. Probably. Because when you get around other people who have it, it it tends to, you know, butt heads. And I'm an Aries. I'm a I'm a ram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Butting heads is my specialty. That it is. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, what is charisma? I, I think it's just uh, calm, cool, grace under fire. Yeah. Being calm, being it. cool under fire, uh, not letting people rattle your cage, uh, not letting people uh, steal away your joy. And having a a kind of self-aware sense of humor about yourself and life in general. And when you have that, you embody it all the time. It shows on your face. You emanate this aura, this energy. And that energy, your energy separates the winners from the losers, you guys. So Mm -hmm. what would be your advice as an empath to have people align their energy in such a way where people are receptive to that energy, they're making friends, they're getting promotions, they're getting ahead in life. What is that energy and how do we, you know, because we've talked about how energy changes and and empaths have a tendency to overanalyze when someone's energy is off or when that energy changes or shifts. Mm -hmm. 
And, and shifting energy isn't always bad, but a lot of people take it as bad because they're over-processing it. They're over-analyzing the shift. Like when someone's talking to you and they're nice to you and all of a sudden their energy shifts and they don't seem as nice anymore. And then you go, hmm, I guess they don't like me. But really it's just because they're busy and they got to get the fuck on. They got to move. Mm-hmm. They got to go. Um, yeah. But but to, for people out there who want to be more cool, want to be more, uh, just embody an energy and vibe of coolness, uh, what would you, what advice, I mean, what is cool and what is the difference between cool people and not cool people? I I don't know, because I feel like I'm one of the not cool people. <laughs> yeah. <So>. Well, <laughs> good thing you married into it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but with no ego at all, with no pretense at all, I think it is like a sense of calm and, and, and comfort and never losing your sense of humor. Yeah. <clears throat> and then embodying all the traits and qualities of what cool people are. Robert Downey Jr., Fonzie. Uh, who are who are some cool people? Can you name some cool people? Hmm. So I thought of one person. Yeah, um, Bailey Sarian. Bailey Sarian. I just yeah, love her because she's she's, she's wise her, beyond her years because she's yeah. young. She but yeah, she, she acts I like an older got, person. She's an old soul. Yeah, an old definitely. soul. I think that's part and of it. Being just, an old soul. She's just herself. Like she just lets herself be. She's a silly heart. She's, she's silly. Mm-hmm. She's intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's beautiful. But she doesn't act like she's beautiful. She yeah, doesn't act cunty. Exactly. Yeah. I use the word cunty. And, yeah, and and when she's not all made up, she's like she's still really pretty, but she's yeah. just kind of herself. She's just average. She's and not she's, like it's and self-deprecating. She just, yeah, Be self-deprecating. Yeah, See, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. All cool people, they know they're cool. They know they're beautiful, but they but they don't act like it. They mm-hmm. know that that's not why people come. People yeah, come exactly. for the humor. Mm-hmm. People come for the heart. People come for uh, the balanced approach to life, and that's why she's an old soul, because she's wise beyond her years. And that's what I'm trying to become, is somebody who's wise beyond years, who's uh, there to, yes, do I have the it factor? Maybe. But it's weird to talk about, because it's not something you really talk about. It's kind of like I had a girlfriend in high school who was very cute. And everybody knew she was cute. And then and then when she realized she was cute, she stopped being cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend's like, you know, she's not cute anymore. Now she's just coming off obnoxious. I'm like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I do think that there's like a baseline of just self-awareness that you are aware that you're cool. You're aware that you're an old soul. You're aware of your goodness within, uh, but not overstaying its welcome i suppose yeah. and it's just like with her she's honest about stuff like she you yeah. know she had so much stuff going at once like netflix was after <clears throat> her and this and that right and, and she just finally, oh she's getting she so just, huge i know she just disappeared for like two months and she yeah. came back she's like it was just too much i had to leave sorry yeah well and i would rather yeah. her go off for two months than go on some Lindsay lohan cocaine binge yeah, exactly and become some awful human in the process yeah, just- she went and she searched for herself and she found herself and you mm-hmm. know that reminds me of something i wasn't going to do this on the show uh i was going to dedicate a whole episode to it but you know who really i think embodies uh the soul searching uh, uh jim carrey mm-hmm. jim carrey yeah. was funny extroverted, always a good guy. You could always see he had a good emotional and moral core. Um, But then when he he peaked and then he went through his thing and then after he peaked and he kind of became more irrelevant, um, he went on his spiritual journey. He grew a giant beard. Uh, He probably experimented with mind-altering substances. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find him to be so refreshingly humble 
uh, he's so uh, focused on positivity and good. And I just love that motherfucker because yeah. the journey inward, you guys, you there's too many shallow people out there. There's just not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of emotional depth. And that's what I'm trying to do right now is um, go on an, uh, an emotional journey, a spiritual journey inward, going into the quantum realm, if you will, uh, within yourself to find greater depth, greater clarity, uh, a, a greater humility and humbleness in who you are. Uh, but Jim Carrey, I think, really does quite embody what the perfect amount because he's rich beyond belief. Uh, he was good looking, still good looking, but he's older now. Uh, uh, but but he it just it doesn't come off as overbearing like he used to. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think he aged really well. He grew up. He grew up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very yeah. wise, wise beyond his years, but wise for his years as well. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not just because he became peaceful, I, well, although that's part of it. I, uh, he's still cool. Uh, he's become, like, like I said, like when you're experienced, kind of like Jimi Hendrix asks, are you experienced? Are you experienced? Experienced people come off worldly. They come off a little brash, but they come off caring too. And that's what I mean by I'm kind of a mix of Bob Ross, uh, 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 Fred Rogers, uh, 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 Anthony Bourdain. Hold on, the cat wants in. Okay, crisis averted. The cat is in. <laughs> you might hear some scratching here soon, but we're just about done. I don't want this to go too far. This This is running long. Unfortunately, sorry about that. Uh, you guys can break this episode into pieces. You don't have to listen all at once. Uh, but at the end of the day, what I'm talking about, when the reason why I'm talking about this, because at the end of the day, the topic is recognizing good and regular people and how to capture our inner superhero. We're trying to be wise. We're trying to be an old soul. We're trying to be an, a force, an agent of good. Uh, we're trying to do that. But at the end of the day, we're all biological critters. In other words, we're all equalized by the great equalizer, which is mortality. And so how is it that uh, somebody like Bailey Sarian and, and Joe Rogan become rich beyond their wildest dreams? Well, some of us just don't. Uh, I do believe there's an inner coolness there. They have it. And I think I have it too, but I don't want to over-accentuate it. In other words, I don't want to be impatient about it. I want it to come naturally, and I want it to come respectfully, and I want it to come humbly. Um, but but having that it factor, the cool kid factor, uh, like I said, being cool is being caring. Being cool is, is, is caring about people. And that's what I mean when I said uh, I lost it for a while and then I gained it back is that I everybody loved me. And it was because I wasn't political. I didn't get caught up in every, all the bullshit. And I didn't care what walk of life you were. I was just nice to everybody. I was positive to everybody. And then for a while I got frustrated. I got introverted and i went on a spiritual journey inward except i wasn't done i wasn't fully baked i was half baked i I had baked i got out of the oven too early and i thought i was at the next level but i wasn't and then i ended up starting that job at the army base and then i had a lot of problems there with people because they're so hateful and hurtful and so at the end of the day i guess what i'm saying is is that we have to allow ourselves to grow naturally and to uh you can't force character you have to get it through life you have to build character through the hardships of life so what what would your advice be to people who might be younger maybe they're just growing and learning well how can we increase our character and our likability factor and being our inner cool kid or inner superhero how do we show people that we're super without being arrogant i think just trying to be 
yourself. Just being true to yourself and not trying to act a certain way. Just being who you are. At the end of the day, everything comes down to a Chris Cornell song. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Be yourself is all you can do. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah. Because the thing is, is that if you're not a cool person, you probably never will be. (laughs) You know, it's like. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like me. Like, I'm never going to be as cool as black guys. Never. It's never going to happen. So I've just embraced my inner white nerdiness, my Star Trek and all that. And if I'm cool, I'm cool on my own terms, my own way. Because, yeah, if I tried to act like Joe Rogan or Bailey Sarian, it wouldn't come off right. That's how they're cool. They're cool. We're not cool by copying cool. We're cool by showing the cool within us, right? Yeah. So how do we do that in real terms? Just try not to let others perceptions of you or society or any of that dictate how you act just act how you are yeah absolutely so we're uh, running out of time you guys so i have written here become a superstar not to be beautiful perfect or fierce but to bring about change and the best in everyone every day in other words be be pro-human you may not like all people in fact i don't like a lot of people but i am pro-human i am a humanitarian i am a humanist and I'm a practical pragmatist. And I think what makes me cool is that I, every day, wake up, yes, my normal self. I'm just a mortal person. I have fears. I have, you know, regrets. I have frustrations. But who I'm trying to become, what I'm trying to become, is so much bigger than myself. And that's what I have here is uh, believe in something greater than yourself. I believe in the, the magical, mystical goodness from being good to each other. Goodness, kindness for goodness sake, not for God, not for uh, to, to, to find your place in heaven forever, uh, not for your own selfish motives, but just to get along, to be peaceful, to be loving, to be a part of a community, to be a part of a tribe. Do I get insecurities? Do I feel like sometimes people don't acknowledge my worth enough, don't encourage me enough? Yes. But at the end of the day, I just chose, you know what? Fuck it. That's my own insecurity. Um, that's my own hardship and I don't want to take that out on others and I don't want to take that out on society as a whole, you know. And so I have here, um, we all lose our shit from time to time. Make sure you let others be as humanly flawed as yourself. So you're human, they're human, be human. Yeah, let others totally. be human. Uh, uh, believe in something greater than yourself. And then lastly, uh, try to stay above it all. Uh, just, uh, you know, it's like that uh, commercial Be above the influence. Be your own influencer. Don't be influenced by bad behavior, bad people, uh, uh, things that don't apply to you. It's kind of like that meme with Robert Downey Jr. Nod your head and say yes and then do the thing you were going to do anyway. Uh, And then lastly, encouragement. Why you have to encourage yourself because most will not anymore. You guys, at the end of the day, I sometimes feel like, yes, some people don't encourage me. And I think that's because they think I have it all under control. But I don't. I don't have everything figured out yet. Do I like myself? Sure, I'm getting there. Am I mastering my emotions? Am I getting less angry? Yes. Uh, am I growing as a person? Yes. Am I finding uh, my comfort and joy? Yes. But it's also circumstantial. You throw me in a bad job and I might lose that really fucking quick. And so I can't sit there and judge you working down at the 99 cent store and you're having a bad day with bad customers. I can't tell you to be like me. Mine's based on my circumstances. And so what I would say at the end of the day is uh, encourage each other, you guys. 
men just do not encourage each other like women do. I am very grateful and thankful that you have a tribe of people in your makeup groups and various places where you guys encourage each other. You're not being catty bitches to each other. You're being encouraging. Um, do you feel like it's mostly positive? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I think we all kind of strive to be that way and to, to hold each other up and prop each other up because it's hard yeah. these days. You know, at the end of the day, you guys, it's really about encouraging each other. We're all trying to get through this life together, and uh, some people get sick, some people die, and that's awful. And, uh, you know, I honestly feel like the way you are cool is to really accentuate the inner cool in you. Not everybody's going to come off as cool or as hip as others. Uh, not everybody is going to have the same uh, rhythm. Not everyone's going to have the same uh, stride. Not everyone's going to walk and talk cool you know some people don't know how to do that and so those people should not be um, banned or shunned from to, to a lifetime of, of awfulness uh inner coolness it's like tina on bob's burgers i always think of tina uh she's a so, total dork uh she's not even that good at school she's 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 average at school and she's nerdy and she's awkward but that's what makes her cool She's into her horses. She's she always wants to do the right thing. She she's you, babe. She's Rebecca. <laughs> Tina is Rebecca. She she dressed as uh, Tina a couple years ago for Halloween, and you couldn't even tell the difference. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but she, we got her a because it was, uh, it was 2020, and she had a mask of Tina's face. So it was so cool with the glasses. Yeah. But my point is, is being being cool doesn't always mean being hip. Or being uh, like Joe Rogan, or being fierce. Um, if that doesn't wear, if you don't wear that right, it's going to come off forced. It's going to come off weird. And so, be cool. Being cool sometimes is just by uh, being cool enough to admit and accentuate your inner uh, realness, your inner dorkiness, your inner self. I mean, at the end of the day, some I love that we're finally accepting nerdiness as coolness because I don't want to. I want to live in a culture where it's okay to be nerdy. I love Star Trek. I love Star Wars. I love superheroes and all that stuff. And so at the end of the day, uh, I'm just going to ask you real quick, babe, uh, just your final words, uh, final thoughts, just uh, in summary, just tell folks how they can uh, f find their inner coolness and how do we really find uh, that tolerance and acceptance of other people? think as far as yourself you just have to get to a point where you don't give a shit what other people think of you yeah, that's and right just let yourself be yourself and but in doing so just you don't have to misbehave either you don't have to yeah yeah exactly i think and, too many people they don't give a fuck to the point where they become predators and sociopaths mm -hmm. well yeah you gotta but, find the line of decency yeah, i think well yeah obviously but the, you know what i mean mm -hmm. because i think there's so many success driven people out there that are becoming cold and shallow and that's becoming a commodity they're selling shallowness they're selling gaudy wealthiness they're selling bad behavior and i think it's okay to be oneself uh, but i do also believe that encouraging each other allowing each other to be ourselves uh <clears throat> you know i think what separates the alphas from the betas if you will is confidence being confident in yourself. It does not necessarily mean that you're the biggest or the strongest or the coolest, but it's the one that uh, just kind of has themselves figured out, an old soul. You got things figured out. You know who you are, and you just kind of walk and live to the beat of your own drum. And that's why I think my friend Craig, 
I told him at the end of the day, Craig, you have this attitude like you want people to accept you for how you are, even if you're being shitty. And I don't think you're realizing that you're, there's an inner goodness about you and you, all you got to do is accept it. And you will notice that you have the it factor. Don't obscure your it factor by trying to be a dick. I, I really do believe he does better when he just acts like himself, you know, yeah. and that's really what okay. all we can do. Be yourself. <clears throat> don't try to be cool like others. Don't be glamored into bad attitudes or into a predatory or sociopathic tendency. Just be a good person. Um, that doesn't mean we have to be, you know, nerdy about it. It doesn't mean we have to be, you know, and, and that's why I like Captain America and I love his uh, evolution because he's still Captain America, but now he's even cooler because he's not so goody two-shoe about it. It's more mm-hmm. subdued, I think. Yeah. It's for the modern world. Be a good person in the modern world. That means that we have to be a little bit more sophisticated than that. We can't just be you know, Mr. Rogers anymore. We have to be a Mr. Rogers for the new era, you know? And that's what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys very much. That's what we have for you. Encourage each other. You guys be good to each other. Uh, at the end of the day, life is hard. Not everything is fair and the world will bite you in the pants, whether you uh, like it or not. And so we have to kind of learn to roll with the punches uh, learn to uh, uh, just know what works, know what isn't working. And if you have negativity in your heart, frustration in your heart, join the club. We all do. But I think there's a way that we can convert that into something positive. Take that anger, take that frustration and mold it into something useful. Belong to a, a mission or a movement that's greater than yourself. Believe in the inner goodness of people and, and really become an advocate. Advocate for people, advocate for uh, better outcomes for the regular struggling working folk. Become an advocate for people who, uh, you know, you know, the runts of the world, you know, everybody's trying to make it and, you know, the runts, they're having an especially hard time keeping up. So get those runts, nerds, you know, I, my whole life has been dedicated to taking care of and uh, sticking up for people who, the vulnerable, the runts, the nerds, the awkward folks, the geeks, the spazolas, anybody and everybody who just can't quite come correct. Uh, I was always there to defend. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, we had the special ed classes where we had the kids with Down syndrome and the kids with mental uh, deficiencies. And uh, I always stuck up for them. In fact, later on, I became a bus driver uh, where I worked exclusively with the 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 the, hand, the mentally challenged and uh it was the most rewarding fucking job in my life and remember that time we ran into that one girl yeah. at mcdonald's yeah. mm-hmm. it was a uh, such a pure joy they are pure souls you guys um they just don't always have the awareness or faculties that we have but what they have in its place is love caring joy uh and that is just something that you're either you got it or you don't man and that's what I love about animals. That's what I love about children. That's what I love about our our uh, special people in the world is that they do make the world feel more special. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I Anyways, you guys, thank you so much. Have a good one, you guys. We've got one more in, in store for you. And uh, this week, that is. And uh, if you want to continue the conversation, come on over to our Instagram. Uh, I'm at Surviving Empty Podcast or uh, search... Uh, uh, Chef Bright Comedy and where are you at babe? 
spooky, nerdy gal. Yes, indeed. Thank you, guys. We love you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.